Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. It is good to see you here in the Livingston Avenue studios. Yeah, that's exactly right. Deep in the bowels of the... <laughs> Hard of the... Actually, it's no longer deep in the bowels. It's more like out in the outhouse. <laughs> We're not in the upper room anymore <laughs> We're not the either. Room either. For a while there, we would be in the upper room. Here we are in the last week of season three. Mm-hmm. Going to mm-hmm. wrap up James. We're going to talk about James chapter five this week. But next week, mm-hmm. if the Lord wills... Yeah, we learned that last week. If the Lord wills, <laughs> we will continue text talk with season four. I can't even believe it's going to be season four. I wonder if I can get four. some uh, echoey... Can we we'll sound find out. Maybe, that. maybe if you sweet talk the sound engineer, he can do that for you. <laughs> I don't know. The sound engineer actually doesn't know how to engineer much. So, so maybe we'll just, you know, we'll pretend season four, 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 four. four, four. Yeah. So, what are we going to do for that? Um, back by popular demand, we're going to the Psalms. 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 That's right. I'm excited about it. Of course, that means season two was Psalms. We did Psalm one through fifty three because mm-hmm. there was an extra week that year. Yes. So we're going to start in Psalm fifty four. Wonderful. Next week, and we'll have some great stuff to say about that. That goes along, of course, with the reading plan that we have here at the Livingston Avenue Church, and we're going to do some uh, new things with our immersive reading program that I'm excited to talk about as we move through the week. But today we probably need to go ahead and jump okay, into James 5. I was going to say, we'll just tease that a little bit. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go along. Yeah, maybe talk a little more okay, each day. Okay, but today we're going to tease it, some unique new things. But next week, Psalm 54, Season 4 of Text Talk. Awesome. So today, so let's today, read James yeah, 5. James 5 today. You want to read verses 1 through 6 for me? Very good. James 5, verses 1 through 6 from the New King James Version. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Wow. (laughs) There's a place to put a chapter break, huh? (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. So... You know, the very first question people ask about this, and I understand why it's the first question that we ask, is, is is James talking to people, is his audience, is his audience the 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 people who have done this? Uh Are the Christians the one who are these wealthy people that have oppressed Mm -hmm. and essentially stolen the the wages of the poor. Have you ever well, weighed in on, on that? Well, I was just going to say it. It is a great question because, and you know, really until you get to this part, we've been saying, and I think correctly, that the primary audience is newer Christians, Jewish background Christians, who have suffered persecution. This is one of the early epistles to be written to minister to those saints who have kind of gone to the four corners of the Roman Empire. 
leaving Jerusalem. And so when you think about that, you think, well, you know, what kind of means did they have? The persecution is still going to be coming largely from synagogues and the Jews at this point in the story of church history. I don't know that the Romans are necessarily putting their thumb on them yet. Um, but still, I mean, the, the people are, you know, potentially fugitives. They got to get livelihood set up again. Maybe they can be part of synagogues in these other cities, at least for a time, until those Jews get upset about them becoming Christians. You know, on the one hand, it's just hard to conceive that they're necessarily the rich. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you know, who who's to say? Why couldn't they have some means as God has blessed them and provided for them and yet have not acted appropriately with those means? So, you know, when I weigh all that out, I think maybe... and there you have it folks you heard it here first on text talk the scholarly opinion maybe you know it's it we do need to bear in mind this is written to christians though right and so while there'll be general principles to the rich of the world and and you know we should not take a passage like this to feed any sort of envy against people who have riches and remember that if we are christians with means we better act appropriate with them and not be defrauding people or cheating people in order to keep hold of those means Okay, so whether or not I know if these particular Christians were oh so wealthy, I I think there's a lesson here for wealthy Christians. Back in chapter 1 and chapter 2, when uh, James had talked about partiality, I guess more in chapter 2, when he talked about partiality. They're they're trying to win the favor of the rich. They're winning the favor of the rich, and James is saying the rich are the ones that are doing these awful things to you. Mm -hmm. So back in chapter 2, it's like he's writing to an audience of people who are poor, but they're trying to attract the rich. So it it would seem to me that if he is writing directly to these rich, it's because the church has courted some who are wealthy. They have come in, and James is saying, look, I'm not going to be like the people who've courted you to come in and have been looking the I other see. way. I he's, know this he's is going to give happening. them the medicine. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, that being said, I know that in verse 7, he's going to, after having said all of this, say, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord, which to me sounds like we've got a twist. It sounds like James has been using, to me, it sounds like James has been using a rhetorical device of, I'm declaring judgment against these people who have oppressed you, and now I'm moving to talking back to you. Therefore, be patient. These things have been happening, and this is the message to those who have oppressed you. It's a very prophetic message. Well, it certainly is. And if I could say this, you know, one of the things I wonder about is the chapter break. You've got chapter 4, verse 17, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him in his sin. And that is certainly true for the end of chapter 4, but doesn't it also lead in well to the idea of those who have been blessed monetarily and have known to do right things by people. I mean, he's like charging... pay their wages? Exactly. He's charging with defrauding people. Yeah. You know, you, you don't even have to be redeemed to understand <laughs> that you need to pay people their wages and not steal them. Yeah. You know, steal from them. <clears throat> Maybe you need to be redeemed, though, to understand that just even a pittance of wage is not necessarily fulfilling this. Hmm. I do think there's a point that, that we need to recognize, and I, I don't like to get into the modern politics and all the things that happen on the news... But I think we do have to say that what James 5 demonstrates is that fat cat CEOs who, who pack their retirement and live in their mansions while their day laborers barely make a living wage, they're not doing right. Yeah. That is wrong. That should be preached against. Not, not that the church's job is to go out and 
make laws about minimum wage and, and all those kinds of things. But but there is a principle. If you've got a, oh, an I'm, owner of a company who is living high on the hog while yeah. people that are doing the daily work are, are barely able well, to survive, James 5 is against that. I'm, I'm old enough to remember the Lehman Brothers debacle. And how uh, you know all the people lost their retirement in in the cooked books, mm. but the CEOs had golden parachutes. There you go. You know it, it was awful. Yeah. And I think you see see that same kind of corruption in different levels of politics and power as well. You know how is it people that go to Washington D.C. and they're middle class people, and after a few years in service, they're millionaires. Mm. You know that that's pretty suspect. Something's not right. That's about not that. right. In Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 13, the Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of his people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the face of the poor, excuse me, by grinding the face of the poor, declares the Lord, the God of hosts. And then we have in chapter 10, Uh, Isaiah chapter 10, beginning in uh, verse 1, Woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees and the writers who keep writing oppression to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be their spoil and that they may make the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment in the ruin that will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help and where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain. For all this, his anger has not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. Mm. James is taking up the voice of God's prophet. Mm-hmm. He is speaking against those who are really the exact opposite of what he has defined earlier as pure and undefiled religion, mm-hmm. visiting the widows and orphans in their yes, affliction. Yes. Here in James chapter 5, in this paragraph, and there's so many things that we could talk about, There, I see there are two people that are rebuked. There's the, the obvious one who is defrauding, who is mm-hmm. holding back wages, yeah. who is not paying people for the labor, the labor they did. that they have done. And I want to focus on that one mm-hmm. because I haven't done that. <laughs> I, I don't own a business. I've paid all, I've paid my debts. When people do work, I've yeah. paid them. Uh, you know, that's so whew, good. I'm 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 good. Yeah, you know, you know that feeling. Hey, let's focus on the one I haven't done, so I can feel better about myself. I mean, I, I hope so. But <laughs> at the same time, I know I have I've known plenty of Christians who have been business owners and small business owners, and they got to think about that about yeah. treating people fair and doing yeah. right by them. Absolutely, absolutely. I do see another aspect in this paragraph, though, that does contrast with what we heard earlier in James chapter 2, especially as he was talking about living by faith, that if a brother or sister comes Mm -hmm. to you saying, I'm lacking food, I'm lacking clothing, and what you say to them is, go in peace, be warmed and filled, and you don't help them, Mm -hmm. you don't do anything to help them, you just declare the promises of God and send them on their way, he says, what good is that? Right. We actually, I think, come back to that person because now he talks about people who have garments that are Mm moth-eaten. In other words, you've got garments, you've got such extra garments that they've sat there in the closet, unused, and and just become food for moths. Hmm. Though earlier we've talked about folks around you who don't have enough clothes, and all you've said is go be warmed and filled. See, and yes, I, I see that. I, I, it just occurred to me that this is another one of those echoes to the Sermon on the Mount, which, sure. which so many are, when Jesus warned about storing up the treasures in heaven. Yes. And why? Because moth destroys yes. what? The garments. Yes. Which certainly were stores of value in the ancient world. 
The contrast, Jesus said that we are supposed to store up treasures in heaven. Here in James, what he what he has rebuked people for is storing up treasure in the last days. Yeah. We've talked about the last days on this broadcast and in mm-hmm. our conversations. What are the last yeah, days? We're talking about the messianic age. We, the age of the church. We're living in the last days now. Yeah, not because the second coming or the end of time is about to take place. Maybe yes. it is, maybe it's not. Maybe. We've been in the last days since the church was established. Correct. Peter demonstrated that on the day of Pentecost yes, when he, he said, this is the fulfillment of the last day's prophecies that we find yeah, in Joel. in Joel, that's right. We, we've been in that. He says, you are storing up treasure for this age. Mm-hmm. And so this, this is your problem. And because of that, your gold has corroded, your riches have rotted, your garments are moth-eaten. He said, those things will be a testimony against you. The, the idea is, is that when you had these things, instead of them being stored up, Mm-hmm. Instead of them being buried, instead of them being put in a chest somewhere so that they can't be used, what are you, you going to do at the end of time? Just hand them over to the Lord and say, here it is, Lord. This is what you gave me. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, you, you were supposed to be using this to yes. care for others right? And, and helping others. And so the corrosion of your treasures is going to be testimony against you because you had them and you just yes. left them you sitting there. You didn't use them for anything good, anything yeah. spiritual. Yeah. That's the idea. Hmm. So Jesus has told us, store up our treasures in heaven. heaven. Luke chapter 12 and verse 33, he explains that the way we store up our treasures in heaven is by selling our possessions and giving to those who have need. Uh, he very specifically, Luke 12, 33, sell your possessions, give it to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, and you ready for this? And no moth destroys. <laughs> there, there we go. In First Timothy chapter six, Paul drives this home. He says in verse seventeen, "As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share." thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation of the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. It's Look, I'm not telling you or me that we can't have any savings account. I'm not saying it's a sin at all to to have backed up for rainy days and problems, but we do need to understand that if our treasure sits there, Mm -hmm. and I know we don't store them in ways that they corrode like they used to, but if it's just sitting there not being used to bring glory to God and serve his people, that's going to be a testimony against us. Mm -hmm. Great point. Great point. Appreciate so much you joining us for Text Talk today. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's have a prayer. A great God and Father, we we read this passage today, and it, it does bring us, Father, to reflect upon our monetary blessings and wealth to count those blessings, but not just, Father, to understand we need to be grateful for each one, but to understand the stewardship of them. And, Father, that we would use those things and be mindful in your ways, Father, so that as we are uh, helping those who are in need, so that we are giving to the work of the Lord, so that we are providing for our families in ways that please you, the, the many different principles, Father, you give us in your word, that we would not be derelict, that we would not allow gold to become our God, that we would not be miserly with things, so that our blessings actually become testimonies against us. Father, please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.